0: يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولاً سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يطيع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما. when it comes to preparing for anything of significance related to this world, to this life, to this dunya, we have we have no hesitation when it comes to preparing for it investing in it, making sacrifices for it, setting aside time, effort, and money for it because of what it means to us and because of what it could mean to us. If someone has a huge exam coming up, they're preparing so much for that, hoping that they do well. And then once they get those positive results back, as a result of those results, then other doors are going to open and they can move on to the next phase of their lives and continue to grow down that path that they're trying to go. There's a lot of time, there's a lot of effort, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of sacrifice, there's a lot of lack of hanging out on Friday nights and Saturday nights because of that goal that's in mind. Because whatever that thing is, that means more to me regarding the short term but especially the long term than going to hang out on a Friday and on a Friday night somewhere doing something that may be fine in and of itself, but you know what? This thing just for these few weeks or these few months, I have to prioritize this because of how much it means to me and how much it can mean to me. So that's related to this life. When you look at opportunities that relate to the next life, we should have a similar approach. But ideally, there would be an even higher layer of ihsan, a little bit more effort, a little bit more sacrifice, a little bit more time, a little bit more wealth invested in that and one of these specific unique windows of time is just a matter of a few days away, it's about a week away and these are the best 10 days of the year as our Prophet ﷺ, the best 10 days of the year. How many days do we have in the entire year? But the Prophet is teaching us these 10 specifically are unique. This is a specific window of time that you want to capitalize on, that you want to take advantage of because of what it will mean for you and because of what it can mean for your future. What it means for you, not just in terms of this life, which is part of it, but more importantly in the next life. When you look at Surah Ibrahim, you find at the beginning of the Surah, you find Prophet Musa reminding his people, وَذَكِّرْهُمْ بِأَيَّامِ اللَّهِ Reminding his people of the days of God of the days of Allah Azza wa Jal. these are some of those days these are very special days so when it comes to preparing for these days for this opportunity how are we preparing how much are we willing to prepare and then as it relates to that window of time how much time are we willing to put in to capitalize on that opportunity for good deeds what are we willing to sacrifice what are we willing to prioritize what are we willing to adjust for the sake of Allah even if it's just for those 10 days and if we look at it as that finite amount of time, just twenty this twenty four hour period, known as a day, repeated ten times, that's it. It's a pretty narrow window when you think about it and compare it to the last ten nights of Ramadan. Right? You have different opinions when, when it comes to the, the ten nights referenced uh, at the beginning of Surah al Fajr, some scholars they say Wal Fajr wa these ten nights are the first ten nights of the Hijjah. Another opinion is these ten nights are the last ten nights of Ramadan. And if you go with the latter opinion that this refers to the last 10 nights of Ramadan, then part of that understanding is because of Laylatul Qadr. So the last 10 nights of Ramadan, are it's this amazing opportunity. And we're willing to prepare for it, to sacrifice for it, to put in effort, to squeeze ourselves a little bit more than usual to try to take advantage of that opportunity. This is This is something that every Muslim does basically. So when it comes to the last 10 nights, Com- compare that philosophy, contrast that philosophy, copy and paste that philosophy to the first ten days of Dhul-Hijjah. We put in all that effort for the last ten nights, so let's put in that effort as best we can within our capacity related to the first ten days of Dhul-Hijjah. If you look at the last ten nights of Ramadan, there's a very special night, Laylatul Qadr. And if you look at the first ten days of Dhul-Hijjah, there's a very special day known as the Day of Arafah. The Prophet taught this is day nine out of ten the day immediately before Eid. The Prophet taught us that whoever fasts that day, that he hopes that their sins for the year prior to that are forgiven, and for the year that's coming, their sins are to be forgiven within that year as well. So look at, when you think of Black Friday, it's a very, it's a very narrow window, but people they're willing to do Qiyamul Layl basically for Black Friday. Let's go camp outside. Let's go, let's go outside even if it's starting three in the morning. Let's go and do that. Why? Because I want that PS5. Because I want that X, Y, or Z, whatever it may be. Because it's worth it to me. If I make that investment, if I put in that time, that effort, I make that sacrifice. Maybe sacrifice a little bit of sleep. You're not going to do that every night, but for that opportunity. We're willing to make some sacrifices for that because we see it as a lucrative transaction. We see it as something we may lose a little, but then we gain so much more in return. That's regarding a PS5. What about Halidina Fiha abada? What about ending up in Jannah forever and forever and forever? One time in in a, in a kids' Qur'an class, we were talking about some ayat, and, and we were talking about these beautiful ayahs uh, in Surah Fussilat, in which Allah says that if... If you say Allah is your Lord and you stick with it, you stick with it until the time that you die, then Allah says that when the angels come and they when the soul leaves the body, there are angels there, you know, comforting the person and telling them, You have nothing to fear, you have nothing to worry about, you're promised Jannah, you're going to Jannah, you're good to go. You have nothing to worry about. Within these ayat, Allah says that getting whatever you want in Jannah is the appetizer. This is just the beginning. Nuzula min غَفُورٌ Rahim. So if getting whatever you want is just the beginning, then it makes you wonder like, what is this place that we're talking about, that we're learning about, that we're thinking about, that we're preparing for? If you compare and contrast it, that's way better than a PS5. You could have 100 PS5s in Jannah if you want. You can have it, you know, IMAX, whatever. But it takes some effort, it takes some work. And subhanAllah, within within that gathering, within the Halaqah 1, one student they piped up and they and they asked because we were talking about like if you get whatever you want, then you know and if Allah is saying that is the beginning, that's just that's just the appetizer, then what about after that? SubhanAllah, one student asked, and they were they were they were they had this look on their face, they were completely serious. And th- this is a reflection of their family and the household they come from. They asked, because they're thinking, if you get whatever you want, what else could you want? What question do you think they asked? They said, Do we get to see the Prophet in Jannah? They were, this kid was like nine years old. They were thinking past the point of the TV, the PS5, the candy, the chocolate, the whatever you name it. But what about that? What about this other this other thing? What if what if that means more to me than all these other things combined? All that is wonderful. The mansions and this, amazing. But what about this other thing that I want? What about that? You have a you have a, a sahabi, a companion, a sahabi himself going to the Prophet and asking him, Do we have to go to Jannah? It's a very odd question if you think about it. What do you mean? Do we what? So he asks the Prophet this question. He 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 presents this question and the Prophet asks him, like, what do you mean? He says, Because you know here this is in Medina. Here we get to interact with you, we get to see you, we get to be with you. We get to I get to talk to you face to face like this. But then you know in Jannah you're going to be way up there and you know if I'm if I make it or, I'm not going to be you know anywhere close to you. So at least here I'm I'm right next to you. I'm right in front of you. But then in Jannah there's going to be more distance between us. And the Prophet responded so beautifully. This is the Prophet nurturing the person. This is the Prophet looking after his flock. This is the Prophet you know, being a caretaker, being being someone who's not just giving an answer for the sake of an answer, but look at how he presents it. Look at not just what he responds with, but how he responds in so many different scenarios. In that situation, he responds, ﷺ, he says, you'll be with who you love. You'll be with who you love. And the Sahaba, they said, that day we just, we lit up like never before. Because one thing they were certain of, one thing they knew for sure without a shadow of a doubt, they loved Allah and His Messenger. They loved Allah and His Messenger. So when it comes to putting in work, when it comes to preparing, when it comes to sacrificing, when it comes to the fasting and the praying and the Qur'an and the dhikr and the sadaqah and the, the, the charity, all these extra good deeds... One, there is a short term benefit. And if you look into it, there's data to back this up. If someone feels down and they do something, anything to help someone else, it could be financial charity, it could be an active charity, whatever it is, they feel better. They feel so much better when they do that. So there is a short term benefit. That is part of it. hasana. But there's something far better that's on the other side of that veil. There, there are different angles to that dua. One part, one of the three parts, we're asking Allah for good in this life. And you look, if you look at the placement of this dua within this ayah in Surah Al-Baqarah, it's within the context of hajj. In the ayah before, Allah says, there are some people, There are people, they ask Allah for dunya, they don't mention hasana, they don't care if there's barakah, they don't care if it's halal, they don't care if it's pure, they don't care if it's acceptable, they don't care if it's accepted, they don't care, there's just this unquenchable thirst for dunya, period, even if it's you know, through impermissible means, even if it has to do with taking advantage of people and sucking the blood of people dry through this riba-based system. Who cares about any of that? As long as I get mine, multiply it by billions and billions, then I'm happy, that's all that I care about. Allah says there are people, they ask Allah for dunya, but for them there is nothing in the hereafter. fil min There's not even an ounce of anything for them in the hereafter. But then there are others they say Rabbenafi dunya hasana wa ahi rati hasana waqina binat. Look at the placement. Now there, there's much more context to this ayah. When it comes to these days, it's not just about asking Allah for a dunya, which we which we should do, but we want to have it paired with that concept of Hasana. It's not just Ya Allah, I want that job because it pays ten times more than what I'm making now. You may see it that way, but we still pray istikhara anyways. We still ask Allah, if it's good for me, my dunya and Akhirah, then facilitate it for me. But if it's not, good for my dunya and Akhirah, keep it from me and keep me from it. Make me content with whatever you decide. It takes a lot of courage to pray istikhara, to make that dua in those types of circumstances. It looks like such a sure thing to buy that house. But you should still pray istikhara. Why? Because Allah may show you something at times very quickly that clearly indicates, no, no, no. With your eyes, you see it as a good thing. But from Allah's perspective, Allah knows what's behind something and behind something else and behind something else. And Allah may divert you from something that's actually harmful for you in this life and the next. So when it comes to these days, we want to capitalize on them as best we can within our capacity. It doesn't mean someone, they say, okay, I'm not going to work anymore. I'm just going to sit at home and and, and pray and read Qur'an and do dhikr. No. Your work is a form of ibadah, just reprogram the intention, that's all it is. Adjust the dial a couple degrees, you're going to do the same job, you're going to do the same thing, but you're cashing in on, on that same thing, you have to do anyways but in a different way. The intention is extremely powerful. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us, we ask Allah to help us to reach these days and to take advantage of them as best we can. Amni Rabbil Wa akhiru alhamdulillah. <laughs> To, to quickly to conclude inshallah when you look at different action items, because when we look at these days, okay, where do we start? There are so many different good deeds, there are so many different opportunities, and some lean very heavily towards fasting the first nine days, especially day nine. Others may lean very heavily towards reading extra Qur'an. Others may lean heavily towards praying extra Qiyam al-Layl. Others may lean heavily towards giving extra Sadaqah. There are so many different good deeds, it's an ocean, sometimes it can feel overwhelming. Where do I start? If you scan the Qur'an, you'll notice a specific action item. That Allah talks about in a unique way. When it comes to prayer, Allah says, mm-hmm. Establish prayer, establish prayer, establish prayer. Pray consistently, pray consistently, pray consistently. When it comes to fasting, mm-hmm. fasting has been prescribed upon you, just like those before you, so you may attain taqwa, basically. When it comes to Hajj, Allah, Allah mentions, for the people and Hajj, Allah says, to go for Hajj, to go for Hajj, to go for Umrah, of course this is if it's within someone's capacity. You notice something, Allah is mentioning different action items. But there's one action item that Allah mentions in the Qur'an to do abundantly. You don't find Allah saying, pray abundantly. Fast abundantly, right? Give sadaqah abundantly. It's implied with sadaqah, give charity, Allah will give you more. Give more, Allah will give you more. But with this specific wording, you only find it connected to this specific good deed. And it's actually found in Surah Jum'ah. What does Allah say? فَإِذَا الصَّلَاةُ فَانْتَشِرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا After Jum'ah finishes, you know, go handle your business, do what you got to do. But remember Allah often, do a lot of dhikr so you may be successful. This is the only action item in the Qur'an Allah connects with explicitly saying do this abundantly, do it a lot, do it a lot, do it a lot to remember Allah often, dhikrullah. In Surah Ahzab, when you look at Ayah 35, Allah mentions a number of different categories. Muslimat, wal وَالْمُسْلِمَاتِ wal muminat Until the end of the ayah, Allah mentions different very beautiful categories. But at the end, what's the capstone to the ayah? Allaha The only category that Allah connects His name with is the category that specifically focuses on mentioning His name. So when it comes to a, a good starting point, a good spark, a good appetizer just to, to start somewhere, Dhikrullah it's simple it's easy it's practical you don't have to face the qibla you don't have to have wudu you don't have to x y or z there are different extra credit things we can do to to add more beauty to it but generally speaking we can when you're driving home dhikrullah when you're going to the store dhikrullah when you're shopping dhikrullah when you're on Amazon dhikrullah when you're walking dhikrullah x y or Z, whatever works for you in whatever situation in your life, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Wa la ilaha illallah, Allahu akbar, Astaghfirullah, La ilaha illallah, Ya hayyu Ya qayyum, so on and so forth. Right? There are many, many, many different opportunities that we have. Many different afkard that people are going to find themselves gravitating towards different ones at different times for different reasons. Listen to your heart. Take advantage of that. That's your heart speaking to you. I need more salawat on the Prophet. I need more La ilaha illallah. I need more Astaghfirullah. But we need to pause the screens at times and just listen to the heart. What is our own heart telling us? Allah tells us in the Quran, think with your heart. Think with your heart, reflect with your heart. Allah mentions thinking in connection with the heart specifically, time and time again. We ask Allah to guide us and forgive us. We ask Allah to help us and protect us. We ask Allah to turn any and all of our hardships into ease. We ask Allah to turn any darkness that we may be going through into light. We ask Allah to turn any struggles that we have into ease, into peace, into tranquility. We ask Allah for what's best in this life and the next and to protect us from His punishment. We ask Allah for special mercy that only He can give. And we ask Allah to guide us through each and every one of our affairs. رَبَّنَا آتِنَا مِنْ We ask Allah to help us to prepare for these days, to take advantage of these days. And we ask Allah to accept all of our efforts during these days. Never underestimate any good deed, even smiling in someone's face. Never underestimate. Don't think to yourself, oh, I'm not doing this, I'm not doing... Do something. Something is better than nothing. We ask Allah to accept those some things that we try to do and we ask Allah to overlook our mistakes.